like when I first started using ChatGPT, I just thought, well, it's too cheesy. Yeah. For some reason, it's it's you know aggregating all of this data that's already out there, and it just decides on cheesy. And I didn't realize that you can just tell it not to do that. Yeah. <laughs> there are ways to get around yep. basically any problem you have. I think just don't write it off and say like, well, it doesn't work because it did this. Yeah, you I didn't like the it. output when I asked it a very basic question. Yeah, we got to take it a step further. Welcome back. Today we're talking about how to practically apply these AI things. We're going to talk about what we've learned since talking with Tristan because it has not been very long, been two weeks and we, one week, two weeks. Yeah. Like a week. A week. (laughs) It feels like longer because we've really been diving into this stuff and we've learned some things since talking to him because when you hear about it all high level, it sounds great. And then I think you especially realize what you don't quite understand when you try to actually start using it, which is what we're doing here. So we're going to talk about what we learned since talking to Tristan. Then we're going to go into what we're going to be doing here ourselves. But we recognize that that's still, even though we are nowhere near the level that Tristan's at, that still Mm -hmm. might be a little above the average person. So we're also going to talk about how we are going to take what we learn and hopefully give you really practical processes for the future so that you can use this yourself for the average person that isn't a total AI geek. And also a few things you could do like starting today that will help you get started with AI even before we're able to put like more of our research out there. So I think it'll be exciting. So what have you been thinking about and learning since talking to Tristan? Yeah. So, uh, so much, Um, you know, I think one of the biggest values that hopefully we and others like us will be able to provide is um, that bigger companies going forward, even I think a lot of content creators who have more established um, businesses and and who have employees, everybody's going to have like an AI person who, I mean, they're going to dedicate basically all their attention to their AI. And most content creators aren't going to be able to have that. And so hopefully that's something that we can kind of bring to the table. We're not an AI business. Like we don't create content all about AIs. There are people that do, but now we do have uh, a team member, Graydon, who's here part-time right now, but who is going to be dedicating a lot of his attention to AI and who's like super excited about it. I think that's what you need is you need somebody who's just super excited and who can understand it and dive in and who has, he's got a um, computer programming background and stuff. And so he's able to dive in and understand more of the things that Tristan is telling us. So yeah, he's awesome. He'll yeah. hear AI. If anyone yeah. says the word AI, he pops he's over like, like what, what's going on? I'm talking about something. Yeah. Uh, it's he's almost, learning fast. Yeah. Awesome. It's, it's like when, you know, you hear your name, like yeah. somebody's, <laughs> you're like, oh, I heard, so, I heard my name somewhere. <laughs> That's how it is with, uh, with AI. It's Basically. like somebody's talking about something with AI. Yeah. He'll be perfect for it. So, um, but he's been really dedicated over the, you know, since we met with Tristan and has even been talking to him and we've, a lot of questions came up right away. It's like, we talked about creating AI avatars. We're like, okay, cool. Well, we can have it assess a video and sort of feed information to an avatar template. Okay, cool. Then we go have it look at another video and add information. Well, after I've done that 50 times and I add a 51st video, how do I make it so that that 51st video doesn't 
isn't weighted equally with the other 50. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like this current avatar is a, a, you know, conglomerate of 50 videos worth of information. The 51st video averaging in now that extra, that last video has a lot more weight mm-hmm. um, to it and, and mathematically. And so one of the things we learned is like you actually basically fill out this avatar template for each individual piece of content you review and you just take that information and you can put it like in a spreadsheet. So these are the little things that right. you don't think about, uh-huh. but then you realize it's not working well. So you, right. you know, you try a prompt or something and you, you miss something small like this because you're not used to it and you're not thinking about it. And often, usually you don't know what you miss, but the prompts aren't very good. Right. Or sorry, the, um, well, the prompts aren't or, good either. The responses but the aren't, response, yeah. yeah. You can tell there's something wrong with the response, but you're not quite sure where you went wrong. So that's why it's really important to just like learn about these little things and how it works and why you need to feed it things in yep. a certain way like that. So right. that you're still getting, because then you can feed it all 51 pieces yeah. of content and say, give me a, you know, an avatar that represents all of these. Yeah. You know, put them all together. And so then they're all weighted equally. Like it's a little, it's a little problem, but it's actually a big problem. Yeah. So let's go back to yeah. these avatars really quick. We did mm-hmm. talk about this. You and Tristan talked yeah. about it last week. Yeah but we're trying to make specific avatars. So you can already tell chat GPT like, Hey, write a YouTube outline or a blog post or an email for, mm-hmm. um, like we're saying a 17 year old Minecraft player or a yeah. middle-aged suburban mom, whatever you want to mm-hmm. choose. What's the difference between making an actual separate avatar? Yeah. So, you know, when we say a 17 year old Minecraft player, that's an avatar. It's just, you've only given it two characteristics. So with with these avatar templates, essentially, and, you know, the one Kristen or Tristan uses, um, I, I don't even know how many, but it's it's got like 50 characteristics, yeah. right? And so essentially what it's doing is you're looking at a YouTube video that someone created, could even be one from your own channel, and you're looking at the content from the video, the actual transcript, and it's looking at all the comments and the responses to the comments. And it's trying to identify, you know, what are the problems that this avatar has that made them want to come watch this video? So what questions are answered by this? What problems did it solve? And then it's kind of building out, you know, actual potential people that this could be for. Yeah. Like, is this for, you know, teenage male Minecraft players who, you know, live in the um, New England area of the United States who, you know, like, like, and it can build out uh, just a whole bunch of different characteristics. And so then essentially for your audience, you may potentially end up having multiple avatars that represent different subsets of your audience. And so you're just going to get a lot more characteristics than just 17 year old Minecraft, Minecraft player. Okay. So let me ask this in theory, that sounds amazing, but with a lot of YouTube videos, you don't get like, oh, thank you so much for solving my problem of this. I live in Maine and, exactly, yeah. y- you know, I mean, sometimes you do, sometimes you get something a little yeah. more specific, but so often it's like good video. Thanks. Or, right. <laughs> or I don't like this video. Be more specific. And then, okay, you get something that I go, Hey, the audience wants specific, whatever, but is it enough to get, to get, you know, and especially if you don't have a lot of comments on your right. YouTube videos, then especially if you have 10 comments that are thanks, really helpful. And maybe two that say, 
oh, I was worried about this. Thanks. Right. Okay. So your audience, you know, okay, play to their, their worries. Mm-hmm. But that still doesn't seem like enough. What do we right. do there? Do we need to like guess more about the audience and feed it more on our own? One of the things that we could do from there is actually go look at other channels mm-hmm. that have an audience similar to what we think we want. So well, a lot of times, you know, and this is something we teach in Project 24, we'll go look at other channels who a lot of times are in the same industry we are, but not always, um, but who seem to cater to, you know, the style is such and the, the, the comments are such, like they seem to have a, an audience similar to what we think. Those, like, those same people should probably want to watch the videos we're going to make, Yeah, right? And you have way more data to go off of. Tons, exactly. And so you can go look at channels that are way more established that are getting a lot more comments. And, and you know, a lot of times they're not going to say, you know, where I'm from and, you know, all that. Yeah. But like what, you know, ChatGPT will do is like, and any of the AI models will do is they'll, they'll kind of read between the lines and they'll create seven different possible people who, you know, and based on which person they are, it'll be like this person and they have this problem because of this. So, you know, you make a video for Minecraft and you're assuming that your audience is a bunch of 17 year olds at home. And in reality, you also have 35 year olds who, you know, use their free time in the evening. You've got, I mean, you, you end up with like a whole bunch of different people, yeah. types of people. And so with the avatars, you're just kind of grouping people sort of into, and, and I mean, this is something that marketing has been doing forever yeah. is you're, you're essentially taking a couple of characteristics and you're saying, well, here's some things that a, a bunch of people have in common and that the people that have those things in common are a good um, audience for whatever it is I have to sell. Yeah. Like that's most marketing is like figuring out what group you're, you want to reach and then figuring out how to reach them and then what the messaging should be. Mm-hmm. We often think of marketing as just advertising and advertising is just like the final part of the messaging and then getting it in front of the right people. Yeah. That's the last step. Yeah. But we like miss it. Marketing sometimes. is like tons of analysis. Yeah. It's who's out there who's a good fit for our product. Let's do a bunch of research. Let's see where we fit within this market segmentation. Well, avatars are essentially just market segments, but with AI, because it can do, it can look at so many different things so quickly, we can potentially like segment the audience based on more characteristics that it can even sort of read between the lines, just based on hints that it gets. And it's not always going to be right. And that's why we want to feed it a bunch of different videos to try to figure out who this, who this audience is. But the idea is even if it's not totally right, but it seems to um, model your audience pretty well, then the model is still really helpful. Mm-hmm. So that's something from that in engineering we do all the time, right? We uh, would, we have these, sometimes it's just an equation, but oftentimes like it's computer software or whatever, where essentially we're trying to model things that happen in the physical world but it's never right because the physical world has so many variables we can't control. Yeah. But it's close enough that it works. These avatars are essentially going to help us to segment our audiences in a way that's more sophisticated than we've ever done before. But it's also something doable by pretty much anybody, as long as you have sort of the guidance to do it. And it Mm -hmm. creating these avatars in the way Tristan does, like I don't have all the steps to do it. But the concept is there enough that I feel like I could do something a tenth as good, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it would probably 
be helpful with what we're doing with content repurposing. I could take some of those ideas that we get generated for us for, you know, a thread or for um, a Facebook post. And I can just go say, you know, ChatGPT using this avatar, reword this post to make it more helpful or more appealing. Right. Um, I could do the same thing with titles for YouTube videos. Say, you know, um, make this title more appealing for this avatar and you just feed it like that template that you filled in. Yeah. And this is something people will do anyways is you're going to probably, whether you realize it or not, um, be trying to model on your own. Like we, yeah, we're just doing it ourselves in our brain. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little things like, do we think people are going to watch over Christmas or is it more important to publish more in January or, Mm -hmm. you know, do people have this problem or do we need to take this other angle on the video? Right. You're doing it anyways, but yeah, the AI can help. Exactly. And you know, sometimes we think we're doing a pretty good job and we just get it totally wrong. Yeah. Hopefully with the AI, it can look at things more objectively because we're going to look at it through a subjective lens. I'm always going to make assumptions about our audience based upon my worldview mm-hmm. that are probably inaccurate and we're all going to do the same. Yeah. And it can consider more options. I think there's yeah. another problem that us humans run into a lot is that we, we think of, of one maybe argument, I'll call it for why a decision is the best. Like, Oh, well I yeah. think you, know, for example, I think people aren't going to be watching over Christmas mm-hmm. because they're going to be traveling. Well then let's say that we find out we're wrong and our old videos are doing great over Christmas yeah. or something. We've had enough experience to know that's probably not the case, but, but then suddenly you realize it's like, it's like when, when that happens, you suddenly are able to think of the reason why that happened of the, like, the flip oh, side of the coin. It's because people were out of work that day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, oh, you don't like, think well, of it duh. too late. <laughs> yeah. And of course you think that's the reason. And it's really it's, like a combination of so many things. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But I think ChatGPT or any AI can like think of all those possibilities. And like you said, be more objective. Exactly. And you can still use your own brain to decide if you agree with ChatGPT or whatever AI model you're using. Right. And go based off yeah, that. So, exactly. Anyways, I think this is really helpful. Now, with creating these custom avatars, it's like a template that you'll save and build on. And probably to most of the people listening, that sounds overwhelming. Yeah. Do totally. you think this is achievable for most people? I think some level of it we could do, you know? for anybody. I think you could come up with a more basic template or honestly, there are lots online or you could just go to chat GPT. This was a suggestion Tristan made is like, you can literally just say, Hey, chat GPT, make me a template for an avatar for a YouTube channel Mm -hmm. and like, just see what it gives you. And it'll just give you a bunch of fields to fill in a bunch of characteristics to fill in. And then you could say, okay, fill in that template. This is where we would use, um, an extension like Harpa AI. Um, where you can just go to, uh, you can just Google Harpa AI and, um, and find their website. And then you can just download, there's a Google Chrome extension that basically lets you use these AI models on any page on the, on the web. So while you're on the internet, you just open up this extension and then it has a bunch of built-in commands and it even has ones like analyze this YouTube video. Like it just has that as a built-in command and it feeds in a pre-made prompt to go look at this YouTube video or even a whole channel. 
And then you could take the output from that and say, okay, use this output to fill in this avatar template. Just literally just those kinds of words. That's the beauty of AI. It's like, you don't have to use specific mm. exact words. And honestly, I think the more time that passes, the better the AIs are going to get at fixing less than optimal prompts. Yeah. So right now, prompt engineering, I'm using air quotes here, is a big thing because finding the right wording to get the output you want kind of matters. But over time, the AIs are getting better at understanding what it is we're asking for. And so the prompts are probably going to be able to get a little bit less exact. But right now, you really could. You could say, you know, use Harpa, open it up, and just literally click the button that says, like, analyze YouTube video or even a whole channel again. And then say, okay, fill in this avatar template um, and create five possible avatars or the five most likely um, avatars for people who would watch this channel. And just like see what it gives you. That would be a great starting point, I think. And I think we could all use that. And then the next thing Tristan does is he asks it a series of questions. He'll say, respond as if you're this avatar and then ask it a question and see what it responds. And does that does the answer logically, does it sound like it's something that a person like that would say? Yeah. And he actually has a series of questions and stuff. I mean, you can just check the show notes and find his website. He's got some of that stuff he gives away. He'll just ask it those questions. And I think anybody could do that. Like we can, we don't have to do it exactly the way Tristan did it. You can just make a very simple avatar template with 10 characteristics. That's still going to be better than what we do in our mind. Yeah. When we're planning out a YouTube video. Absolutely. That makes sense. And so you would use Harpa to save that template or would you just save it in a document and feed it to chat GPT every time you wanted to use it? Yeah. I think um, ideally we would like save those avatars. Like you could input it into chat GPT and use it to create kind of like a custom GPT, which I haven't done yet. Mm -hmm. So Tristan showed me a bunch. It, I don't know how hard it is to do that, but with these custom GPTs, essentially you train, you know, I guess you train chat GPT to do certain things. So you basically say, you are this avatar. Boom. Now you're trained. Now everything that you do is going to be from the standpoint of this avatar. And then you could save that. And then it's just like a custom GPT. And so he has custom GPTs that like some that are avatars, some that do certain tasks. And so he's got these prompt chains that just like bounce between them. It's like, go to this custom GPT to go write me YouTube titles. And then it takes those YouTube titles and says, now run them by this avatar and find out if the avatar thinks they're good enough. And if they're not, send them back and tell the title one to give me more ideas. Yeah. And like, he's got these prompt chains that just do this really cool stuff, bouncing back and forth between specialized GPTs. That, and really all they are is he's told chat GPT a bunch of things. So chat GPT is working within those parameters. Yeah. It's fairly simple. Does some of the exactly how to do some of those things, like I'm not sure how you save those. Mm -hmm. um, but that, I think, I feel like that's maybe the simple part. Like once I go in and do it, I'll, I'll figure it out. That's attainable. Yes, for sure. Right. And it's something anyone can, can do. But if nothing else, it's literally just like in a document, save this template, this printout that <laughs> chat yeah. just gave you, like, these are the characteristics of your avatar. Cool. Save it, give it a name and then open up chat GPT sometime and be like, hey, chat GPT, respond to the rest of these prompts as if you are this avatar. I've even asked chat GPT to help me come up with a prompt before. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know how to make a good prompt for this problem that I need to solve. Can you help me 
perfect. Make a good prompt. And it, it worked pretty well. It's like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to need this information. Tell me this, 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 list off this. So, you know, that's even one way to do it. It seems like from like kind of a high level strategic thing to just keep in mind when you're trying to do this, especially for content, maybe only for content, is tell ChatGPT what persona you want it to take on. What it, mm-hmm. Think of an alter ego for ChatGPT to become and briefly teach it what that is yeah. and then tell it who it's talking to. So you are right. this person, you're talking to this person. You can even say, emulate this writing style and you can mm-hmm. put one of your own blog posts. We've done that. Put yeah. one of your own blog posts in it and say, write in this style. Or, you know, you could say, you are an expert, but you're down to earth. Like when I first started using ChatGPT, I just thought, well, it's too cheesy. Yeah. For some reason it's, it's, you know, aggregating all of this data that's already out there and it just decides on cheesy. And I didn't realize that you can just tell it not to do that. (laughs) There are ways to get around basically any problem you have. I think just don't write it off and say like, well, it doesn't work because it did this. Like you didn't like the output when I asked it a very basic question. Yeah. Like we got to take it a step further. And to be fair, like that's what a lot of us did at first. It was like, this content isn't very good. Like, okay. Yeah. But you, you didn't ask it very much. You just said, write a blog post about this or, you know, right. write me an email. I did this um, a week or two ago. I had to write some email, automated email responses for somebody signing up for an affiliate program. In order to create the program, like it literally required us to have those emails written before we could move on to the next wow. step. And it was like after work one day, I'm sitting literally like kind of working on my laptop while my daughter's in her dance class. So I'm sitting there using the Wi-Fi on my, on my phone and like oh we need this for this next step okay well i don't really feel like turning on my brain to write these email responses like and it was three responses it was like a response for when somebody applies a response for if you reject them and a response for if you accept them mm-hmm. and so i went to chat gpt and i said write an email response for someone who applied to the and i gave it a name the name of the affiliate program like the name of the brand so okay. like in, so for example like write an email response to somebody that applied for the income school uh, affiliate program and let them know that it could take up to 14 days to hear back from us. And ChatGPT doesn't really know what the income school affiliate program is. It's nope. guessing. It's totally guessing. Uh-huh. But, and it wrote a pretty good email response. The thing is though, the response I got sounded really professional and the brand I was going, that I was working on was way more like kind of edgy. Yeah. So I literally said, make it edgier. That was my response. Make it edgier. And then the email I got back, I was like, I was laughing. I was like, this is amazing. (laughs) Like it wasn't quite perfect, but I was like, this is good enough as a placeholder. And then we'll tweak it later. Yeah. And then I said, Hey, using the same tone, write me an email saying that we've decided to reject them. And it was like kind of edgy, but it was also really nice. It was like, Hey, you know what you're doing? Super cool. But it wasn't quite a perfect fit for us. So, you know, keep doing what you're doing. You're awesome. And who knows, maybe someday like. See, and that's so cool. Align. Cause it keeps getting easier, yeah. right? Like it got what you got back from write them a rejection email was what you wanted. Yes. But even if it hadn't been, you don't have to explain to it again to be edgy. You're just like, use the above tone, perfect yeah. on the tone. But then you could say uh, a little nicer. Right. But you don't have to like redo the beginning steps the longer you go, it keeps the context of the whole conversation. Yeah. It's great. What do you hope we can deliver 
not necessarily for free. I mean, there's tons of free content we want to give you guys on the Creative Files podcast, but we don't know yet what we're going to sell as a course or whatever. But, you know, what do you hope we can really learn and then teach or recreate into helpful helpful whatever do we, you know templates or or strategies or what you know, what's what's some of the early goals here yeah you know i'd love to be able to give some more specific but and really actionable things mm-hmm. so i keep finding articles and stuff and youtube videos where people are like you know 10 great you know chat gpt prompts for this and i go look at them and i'm like okay those are like ultra basic yeah and yet that's the stuff that I'm seeing passed around. Every now and then I come across a YouTube video that's like, okay, this is really helpful. And it's usually more sophisticated in the sense that it's not hard to do, but a little harder to figure out. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually it's multiple steps. You command it to do one thing to train it. So, you know, for bloggers, one thing I've seen done and I've been playing around with is like you take, you know, you could use Harpa or you could literally copy and paste the text from Google has their guidelines for what qualifies as helpful content and not helpful content. And that's really important for ranking on Google right now. So you could literally go take that content from Google that they just gave you and feed that into ChatGPT and say, you know, turn this into quantifiable criteria. Like give me bullet points. What are the important things? Mm -hmm. And then you could have it literally like, read your blog post. So you could do this within Harpa because you could then navigate over to your blog post and say, give me a rating on each of those criteria from one to 10. How did I do? And it would go through and tell you what things are not that good. And then you could even say from there, give me some specific ways within this article that I could improve it. And it could go through here. It's like, well, right here, an example would have been really helpful. Um, You like, you said something but if you could have given an example, it would have been more helpful. Yeah. You, know, you can ask for specific advice. Sometimes it'll, it'll be a little more generic. It'll say things like, give more examples. And you're like, okay, but where? <laughs> right. Um, but you, if it gives you a, a response like that that feels too generic, just say, can you show me where in the blog post an example would have been helpful? Ask it a follow-up question, just like you would if somebody, if you asked someone a question and they gave you a really generic answer, what would you do? You'd be like, okay, but... Can you show me where? Right. You know, just follow up. Treat it like it's a human, even though it's definitely not, you know? Yeah. And so often we just, I don't know, I think get in the habit of thinking, oh, I need to figure out this perfect prompt. Right. And so I'm going to, you know, try to Google it and try to figure out what the perfect prompt is for this thing I need. And then if it doesn't work, just yeah. throw up your hands. But it's it's not so much figuring out one formula for every question. It's figuring yeah. out how the AI think so to speak uh-huh. and you know how you can interact with it yeah too. getting intuitive about it's probably yeah. gonna want to know this and it's probably gonna want to know it in this format for this thing and that's just practice right and then you can intuitively come up with your own problems without having to just like find right some i gotta google everything somebody else figured it out like you yeah. can do it too yeah and find things that work for you so i think that's something that we're going to be constantly working on is just for the audiences we have, you know, on our YouTube channels here on this podcast, we're going to look for ways, one high level strategies. We're already doing this challenge with repurposing content. I think that's fantastic. I mean, how many of us have 
a dedicated social media person that can take a blog post we wrote or a YouTube video we wrote or made and then go turn that into a a post on all of our social media platforms every time. Like most of you don't have that, right? (laughs) right? We don't have like a dedicated person for that. We have Andrea who's awesome, but she's like a video editor and a mom and so many other things too. Yeah. Uh, so if we can use AI to help with that process, then we can make things a lot easier and, and actually do publish a lot more um, and repurpose our content. Can you take a YouTube video you made six months ago and now make a YouTube community post using that information and then even potentially link people to the video again and try to, re, re you know, like there's so many things we could do that I, you know, so those kinds of strategies we'll definitely be sharing as well as um, probably a lot of these kind of specific prompts Uh, within project 24. I can see a lot of things. I mean, we have, we have a process we use called battle shipping where we, um, we assess how our content is working Mm -hmm. and then we can do kind of what I was just talking about with like the helpful content thing. We can take into account helpful content. We can take into account the quality rater guidelines, all these guidelines that Google's literally giving us. And then we can just like feed those in to chat GPT and then say, now assess this article. That's not, that's underperforming. How did I do? And so the battleship audit is going to now, you're going to be able to not just have to read through your blog post and try to guess where you got it wrong. Now you're going to be able to have it systematically kind of go through a blog post one by one and have it literally give you specific actionable things you can do to improve this blog post. So cool. And how accurate do you think it'll be? Do you, you know, when you're bringing up an example like that, uh, you don't have to guess you're letting it tell you is, is it going to guess right? I think it's going to do a really good job. I saw, so I saw a YouTube video and I'll give credit where it's due. This was from Matt Diggity and, um, and he did this. He used the quality rater guidelines that we've been using for like when we do our SEO webinars, usually about once a year, the quality rater guidelines is a huge part of what we base that off of. It's just documentation about essentially like this is the stuff Google is looking for and what it's trying to get the algorithm to do. So we're like, yeah, let's make our content fit that, right? Well, it's over 200 pages long. There's a lot in there. And so Matt made this video where he literally just fed that into it and said, give me specific criteria. It had, he ranked his own articles against it or a specific article that was being beat by some other content. And then he had ChatGPT look at his article compared to the articles that were outranking him and say, compare our articles based on these criteria. Yeah. Like what is it about theirs that's better than mine? And it actually gave him really specific things that they had done that he hadn't. And so then he went in and he, I think in some cases even had ChatGPT like literally write some of the stuff for him based off of what he'd already written. But then he also added some things himself too, like specific examples and stuff. And literally he went up in the rankings. He, he outranked some of those sites because he had updated his content specifically catering catering it to the guidelines that Google sent out. Man. So I think it's going to do a really good job. Yeah, that's next level. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And attainable. Like a lot of this yeah. is attainable. Like it wasn't hard. Like you could literally just watch what he did in his YouTube video and do the exact same thing on one of your blog posts. He even told you the exact wording to use for the prompts. Yeah. Like it's not that hard to do. It It's just oftentimes hard to see those possibilities until someone shows you that it can do this. And then I look at that and he even mentioned in the video, you could do this with helpful content. You could do this with other guidelines, but that was already the thought I was having was like, this could totally be done with all anything Google's ever told us. We could just 
take that documentation, feed it into it. And so what I, I want to try to create a custom GPT that just has quality rater guidelines, helpful content, all this guidance oh. from Google, put it into a custom GPT. And that way, every time I want to assess an article, open that one and just say, assess my article. Smart. Yeah. You're just customizing what you need it to do. Yeah. I kind of hate the term prompt engineer. I kind of do too. As somebody who like actually studied engineering. An actual engineer. Became yeah. an engineer. Like, <laughs> you know, prompt engineering has been around for like a year. Like <laughs> it's just. Anyway. And it makes it unnecessarily intimidating. It makes right. it sound like when I first heard that, I thought, okay, well, AI is going to suck unless I am like to the level of a software engineer is kind of right. what I was thinking. Yeah. I need to understand it you know, spend years understanding it before it'll be even kind of helpful. And I don't have time for that. It's really not the case. You can, no. you can learn it. It's, I mean, to get to Tristan's <laughs> level, we're a little ways off, but for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, I got better at asking questions. So now I'm an engineer, you know, it's like some people would call you an interviewer, but okay. <laughs> you know, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. But, exactly. but yeah, it's like, and not to like put down the people that like, yeah, there's people this. that are really advanced, but but yeah, you don't I mean, have to be to get use out of it. It's kind of like even the term that we use in the SEO industry, people call themselves SEOs. Like I'm an SEO professional, like I, I'm an expert. So mm-hmm. I'm an SEO and it's like, there's not any credential yes, or any specific training required. You're just you making just other say, people scared. I'm an SEO. So you should hire me and pay me thousands of dollars a month to do some magic on your website. Mm. So there's a lot of room for scams and, and stuff that, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of businesses that have been scammed out of thousands and thousands of dollars because they have no idea what this person's doing. And half the time they're doing very little or nothing. Yeah. So what a shame. that's how I feel about the prompt engineer term, just because it's not well enough to find. And it's just kind of like, makes it feel like there's some artificial barrier to entry. Right. That isn't there. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you can literally be a prompt engineer tomorrow. Just go play around with ChatGPT, get good at asking it questions, read the other stuff you can find online about asking it good questions and you're going to be better at it than most people right in a week it reminds me of like if you had a personal assistant Mm -hmm. or like a virtual assistant and you know you ask that virtual assistant to do a task for you and then you get it back and like it's there's some good things and there's some bad things that's not quite right right well then you tell them like oh great job on this part loved it next time could we tweak this a little bit Mm -hmm. it's like that's all that's kind of what it is Yeah. yeah yeah so it's possible. Um, and I'm really excited about, you know, the extra tools and stuff we're learning about and hopefully we can pass it along once we get further into it. Yeah. Cause I think so. We're working with a couple of great people and uh, you know, internally we're putting in a lot of time to trying to really learn about this and kind of stay ahead of the curve. So thank you for listening and we will talk to you next week.